Hi, Stu. Hi, Glenn. How are you? Oh, well, I'm I'm pretty good. Uh, yeah, at least I haven't had my home stolen. That's, that's, <laughs> you know, that's uh, that's true, Glenn. You have you have yeah. home title lock, so yeah, so I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, that's is that why you're laughing so at people who've been well, yeah, because of this crime? I've I've gone down to the uh, I've gone down to the uh, uh, to the courthouse and I'm just uh, I'm stealing everybody's homes. Because it's so easy to do. 40 bucks, and I can do it. Yeah, you just got a fake so, notary stamp, forge a couple documents. And so then... it's like Monopoly. I've got all of the houses on my on my street. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't think you should great. admit that. Really? Mm. Oh. Uh, get your $100 search for free when you sign up Home Title Lock. Uh, this is a really bad thing. Fastest growing crime, according to the FBI, uh, where they can steal your home. You don't know about it for quite some time. And then the longer it goes on, the worse it is. People have lost their homes because of this. You can have one person guard the only people that do it. HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. Go there now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenbeck Program. Well, here we are. Stations, there is nothing wrong with the audio. It's just Helium Thursday. Where we can tell you anything, all the bad news, in this voice. So we could talk about socialism, we could talk about Facebook and Google controlling our lives. We could even tell you today that China was coming for you. And not for your labor or your stuff. But they're going to view you as a giant bag of meat. And yet, it'll all seem good. Right? It's Helium Thursday on the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We just have to find the right story today. I mean, today is the day. Today's the day. I'm looking at the news and I'm like, where's the bad stories? Where are the bad stories? Come on. There's a great story coming out today about uh, President Trump and his poll numbers uh, and what that might mean for this socialist agenda. I mean, if we could really if if we could send the message to the Democrats clearly that socialism is not the way to go. We might put it back into its bag for a while. Remember, that's what happened in, what was it, 1921? Was that the election? Do you remember? 1920, 21? That's when we we got the roaring 20s because we put that socialist revolutionary, you know, uh, group back into the bag at least for another, you know, 10, 12 years. All right, let me tell you about Relief Factor. Relief Factor is uh, is just a fantastic i can't call it a drug what what is it what would you call it pain relief that's it i mean it's all natural it 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 shouldn't work let me just say that if you believe in modern <laughs> medicine it shouldn't work because it's all natural and it's stuff from the earth and blah 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 it's a terrible tragedy when they give you something natural that you like and actually works for you i am an old fashioned <laughs> guy that you know is that Four out of five doctors say, you know, menthol cigarettes are better for you than just plain old camels. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that what four to five doctors say? <laughs> do you, do you, you probably don't remember. You're not old enough. Do you remember seeing smoking commercials on TV? 
Um, I do not. I remember yeah. them in magazines. They, yeah. Uh, they were in magazines. Yeah, but, they were in magazines. Mm-hmm. I remember them on uh, television, and I don't remember these, but in the 1950s, they actually did ads where <laughs> doctors would be in their doctor smock, and they'd be like, four out of five doctors smoke Pall Mall because they're easier on the throat. <laughs> like, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, luckily, though, they had no heads up. The tobacco yeah, companies. No, had no idea. No, no absolutely. <laughs> no idea. Anyway, if you're in pain, try Relief Factor. Relief Factor works for me. It'll work for you. It's, it's really amazing. If you're tired of the pain, Relief Factor may be the answer. It works for 70% of the people that try it. Just try it for three weeks. If it doesn't work for three weeks, in those three weeks, it's not going to work for you, most likely. Um, but 70% of the people who try it order more month after month after month because it does work. I've been taking it for over a year now. ReliefFactor.com. Take it three times a day. ReliefFactor.com. Reduce the inflammation and get out of pain. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Or ReliefFactor.com. All right, let's uh, take a look at the uh, candidate list. We may need helium. I'm not sure yet, Sarah. We may need helium for this. Because uh, look at the wonderful list of candidates that we have coming our way. And I don't think we need the helium quite yet, but there's a, uh, we've been doing this, we have a beta, and I don't mean this as it relates to Beto, but a beta um, version of our power rankings. If you are a fan of sports, you'll see this all across all the leagues. They do like the SPN power rankings of the NBA and Mm -hmm. what teams are are uh, you know the the best teams in the league which ones are the worst and so we've done this with candidates mm-hmm. we've got a uh, a formula that takes into account about 30 different categories between polling fundamentals fundraising uh various different things and so we have an updated uh, list that we've just put out again and we're not completely final with the formula we're still working through that uh, would you like to go through this here, Glenn? Sure. Uh, so yes, I'm, I'm. We have a five, a five. There's basically kind of five tiers of candidates right now. Yes. You have the front runners. Uh, you have those that got a shot. Yeah. You have those who, I mean, if everything goes right, yeah, maybe. Right. Then you have the fourth category, which is like, eh, probably not. And then you have the fifth category, which is like, I mean, come on. What do you? What do you? What are you doing? Well, I think that's where everybody put Donald Trump last time. That is, yes, that is exactly I mean, it was right. the exception of a handful of people. This that everybody was like, "Come, come on. on!" Right, and that's why it it, right, it adapts. Right. Okay, it it, under, right. it it takes yeah, the yeah. the moment. It looks at the polling. It looks at all, all the right. stuff at that moment. It's a all snapshot. Right. Okay, go ahead. So, very bottom category. Um, it's a zero to one hundred scale. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Between seventeen and twenty, you have Marianne Williamson and John Delaney. They are in the very bottom category. Marianne Williamson, the the guru. Yes, the, the guru. She's really? running for president. That's it's an interesting one because there's not a crazy. Uh, there's there's a couple scenarios that actually could give her rise in that she's like like a Kardashian's guru, uh-huh. for example. Uh-huh. If yeah. Kim Kardashian well, no, she is- comes out and starts tweeting about her candidacy. A hundred times. She, you know what? She is. Right. She she should be the Oprah. Guru, the Oprah candidate, right? Oprah loves her. Yeah, that's, just loves her. She is actually has a very big social following. She's the one of these like new age gurus that's yeah, been yeah. on all those shows, and that's yeah. that's not your world, right? Because it's certainly not mine. But if it's if it's not your world, you might not be aware that she actually has some 
reach. Whether she turns into a candidate, I think mean she would need her celebrity friends to really pitch for her. Okay, next category, which is, you know, probably not going to happen, guys. We have Andrew Yang, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, Pete Buttigieg, Jay Ainsley, John Hickenlooper. They're all between on our scoreboard between 23 and 33. So, again, this is a 0 to 100 scale. They're towards the bottom of this. You know, I don't know if you see. Do you see anyone out of there? I mean, the Andrew Yang has made some news. But I don't think uh, he's Not coming out of news. that. Not necessarily good news, <laughs> right? I mean, Pete Buttigieg is, is a favorite. I would not be. I would not rule him out for a vice presidential candidate. It would be the first openly gay vice presidential candidate on either party. I think the the Democrats would I'm like so to set that precedent. I'm so sick of it's this. all they care about is is identity. I know. I, I'm so sick of it. What group can we you know can we take? Can and, we use? Yeah, exactly. Can we use, use? for our own benefit? Yeah. Okay. Then so next now we're up to if everything goes right, maybe. Which is uh, Kirsten Gillibrand and uh, Julian Castro. Now, the exact opposite of everything going right is happening with Kirsten Gillibrand. I mean, this is a zero of a candidacy so far. I mean, she has been invisible. She has had no success. She's showing up south of Tulsi Gabbard in some of these polls. Mm -hmm. This is not a good start for her. You never know. Maybe she could turn it around. But I think I honestly would not. If if I had to pick right now the first candidate of any note to drop out of this race, it's her. She is. This has just been a disastrous launch for uh, for Gillibrand, who's coming. You know, it's a New York senator. You'd think she's there'd be some a disaster pull. for a while, don't you think? She's yeah, been I mean, a zero. She's just a zero. I kind of. I mean, but she's she kind of tied herself into the news with the whole Me Too thing. She yeah. was very uh, publicly. Which is she went after? She went after Al Franken, by the way. And one of her her big issues within the party is that. Yeah. Because people didn't like that the Me Too standards got applied to their guy. Yeah. I think if they didn't you like that, I, I think the Me Too thing is so yesterday that it's just you're just if you were big in the in that movement uh, in, in politics, I think that's just. It's it it turned scummy. I mean, it was just it, it could have been good, but it became so political and so it, it oh, was yeah, just marked in time. Every, just marked in time. Everyone knows the underlying premise is good, yes. right? That that right. women, if they are abused, should have justice. Correct. Correct. Right. However, people who jumped in to use it as for a political tool don't come out yes. looking so nice. She's a zero. Okay, so the next one is uh, they've got a chance. Three here in this category with a 48 score is Elizabeth Warren, 50, <laughs> Amy Klobuchar, 54, Cory Booker. Those are the three in that category. Okay. Out of that, uh, Cory Booker, nope. Uh, I don't think he's it's happening. Just, he's just a fake. He's just a fake. Yes. He feels fake. He's he, he, That Spartacus moment, I, I, I would love, love for him to be the candidate. Because he is so easy to mock and make fun of. He is really he is funny. just He's just a total fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, you, when you're running in a field with Focahontas, uh, I mean, fake is where it's at. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, zero chance. Zero chance. Again, I'm, I'm, I've stopped saying zero chance over the years i remember i the first time i said i will never say again there's a zero chance is when howard dean lost iowa he was ahead by like a zillion points a week before that election in my yeah! recollection and then all of a sudden he lost and all of a sudden the whole thing fell apart yeah he was he was killing it in that race yeah for months yeah and then it was he was just gone after one speech 
I mean, remember, he lost Iowa before that speech. So that was not the cause yeah, why, of the campaign. Why, that, why did that fall apart? I mean, you know, Kerry just beat him. I think, you know, Dean had a lot of the, the grassroots momentum yeah. and, and a lot of the far, far left. Now, yeah. of course, Howard Dean would be an ultra conservative in this year's lineup. Oh, my gosh. An ultra conservative. Oh, my gosh. He, not only would he not be allowed to be the progressive candidate, mm-hmm. I don't think he'd be allowed in the in the party. Yeah. Right I have now. a really, I have something really good to share with you about, you know, the masks coming off. I have something really good to share with you today. Hmm. All right, and the final tiers are our front runners. So yeah. in third place as of right now, mm-hmm. according to the uh, Glenn Beck program's uh, candidate power ratings, uh, Beto O'Rourke is, or Bob Frank O'Rourke is his real name. Uh, he's at a 65 on this 0 to 100 scale. Kamala Harris at 67. And first place, Bernie Sanders, 69. Now, again, Joe Biden has not announced yet, so he's not included in this. He mm-hmm. will, I would be very surprised if he's not leading this once he does announce. But, you know, who knows how long that lasts. Joe Biden is going to be, I, I, I mean, I have no idea how this is because they're just, they're just eating their own. But Joe Biden is the one that could unite everybody that, that is a Democrat and they could say, oh, you know what? Our party hasn't gone crazy. Right. Our it gives them an excuse. It gives them an excuse. It's Joe Biden. He's not crazy, blah, blah, blah. It's who he puts on the under ticket. Uh, and I'm sorry, but Joe Biden was the most progressive in the Senate before he became vice president. And his point the other day when he said, I'm the most progressive person running for president. I, I no. mean, the person who might run for president. Right. That whole moment is true. People forget that he was a. I know. The thing is, he's been around a long time. He's 144 years old. So, you know, back in you know 1896, his policies kind of seemed conservative compared to what the, the where the party is today you know when he said he said things like and he was he, all of his old stances we have one today i think uh oh uh yeah do we have this 1983 video clip here we play this real quick this is uh joe, joe biden in 1983 on the supreme court president roosevelt clearly had the right to send to the united states senate and the united states congress a proposal to pack the court it was totally within his right to do that he <laughs> violated no law he was legalistically absolutely correct, but it was a bonehead idea. Mm. It was Uh-oh. a terrible, terrible mistake to oh, make. No. Oh, and no, it Joe. put in question Uh-oh. for an entire decade the independence of the most significant body, including the Congress, in my view, the most significant body in this country, the Supreme Court of the United States of America. No. Well, first of all, no. But secondly, uh you're not allowed to be against court packing now. Nope. Now it's like a, a, pla- a main plank in the Democratic Party. But if can you bring that? Can you bring that uh, video back up for a second? Because he, he's changed. He's flip flopped on positions on something else too. If you look at the uh, picture of the video of Joe Biden, go ahead and roll that, please. Uh, President Roosevelt clearly was, had the cut right. The sound. Uh, he was also uh, anti hair plug at that point. Oh yeah. Uh, if you if you look, he uh, clearly didn't have any hair plugs <laughs> at that point. And uh, in 1983, I would not have guessed. I would have guessed that was a pre-1983 job. Yeah, it did look like yeah. it. It was like it looks like one of those jobs. Where, remember, remember when they first came out and they were like just like cornrows. <laughs> they just like they just took a stalk of corn and just planted it in your head. It's so bizarre. I, I would have thought that uh, as well. But that's a good look there on uh, Joe. Uh, when I come back, I, I want to share this. Um, uh, you know, I said at some point the masks will come off. 
Uh, I have a, a couple of uh, good friends that send me old books and everything else. They sent me something last night, and I want to I want to share what they what they sent uh, because it shows where we are. It's a little bit of history that was foreshadowing today with the guy that everyone says is the architect of where we are today. And I'll share that with you coming up in just a second. Uh, first, let me tell you about real estate agents. I trust.com. Uh, when you look at where we are right now and you look at, um, the price of homes, the price of homes is starting to fall and I think they will continue to fall even lower. But as they do fall, the other thing that happens is rent goes up because more and more people are renting. Rent has already gone up by 5%, and I think rent is probably the future for most people um, because you're just not going to be able to get a loan. Money is going to be tough. Credit is going to be tough. And so if you don't already own your home and you're not in a, a mortgage that can weather any kind of storm, that's going to mean trouble for you. Real estate agents, I trust.com. They're going to help find the right house at the right price. And uh, they'll be able to um, sell your home if you're looking to sell. They'll be able to find the right house. They're going to be able, when, when you are selling your home, you need somebody who really knows the neighborhood. This is real estate agents I trust. These are the best people in your area that are going to price your home at the right price, get you into a new home that is the right neighborhood and the right price. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now if you're going to buy or sell a home and find the right partner to help you with your biggest investment ever. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. All right. So uh, a couple of friends of mine, um, Jill and Doug, they they run a a bookstore and they they used to live in uh, Chicago and they lived on Obama Street or they had a bookstore like on Obama Street. And so they had access to all of these crazy, crazy liberals and crazy liberal professors. And they weren't liberals. They were they were communists. A lot of them. And so as they were dying and their estates would go up, they'd go into their libraries and they would pull all of these documents um, and all of these uh, books and things. And they would send them down to me to preserve because it showed how how these radicals were living behind a mask. And it's why I said with such uh, 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 surety that. They're going to take off their mask. They want to tell you what they actually believe. They just keep telling, uh, being told it's not time yet. It's not time yet. So they sent me yesterday, and I have a book from Sololinsky's personal library, and, but I had forgotten about the book plate. And most people don't know. Do you know what a book plate is? Mm, no it's a kind of an old thing people don't usually have book plates now but when you would buy a book uh and you would have it in your library if you had a nice library if you were you know on the more wealthy side Mm -hmm. you would have uh something designed that said your name you know from the library of Stu Breguier 
and then you would pick a you'd have something designed and then they would paste it inside the the front flap so when you open up the book it said it was yours okay Mm -hmm. so (laughs) seems seems like a lot no it seems like a lot but then in the days when books meant something and if you had a big library you would do that Mm -hmm. okay this is Saul Alinsky's book plate okay look what it is it's the drama mask, mm-hmm. okay? You know the masks uh, of tragedy and comedy. So this is, a, this is a mask from the theater. And underneath, it says persona. Now, notice persona is down towards the bottom, where it's almost kind of like discarded, mm-hmm. right? And the mask uh, is untied. This is persona is the thing that Carl Jung had said that, you know, it's the it's the the person you really are uh, is hidden by this persona. It's it's what you project to the world. Okay, so the persona is gone and the mask is off. This is Saul Alinsky's book plate saying I'm. I'm living behind a mask, and we all are, but someday the masks will come off, hmm. and we will dis- discard the persona uh, and and show you who you really are. Are we having uh, – is there somebody on the, on the stage here that's uh, walking around with stilts, or is that the <laughs> – I don't know if you can hear the knocking. We're – we're in the middle of uh, a 90-day rehab of just the roof of this building and uh, and some of the electronics in this building, and uh, and once in a while they get up on the roof and uh, and do that. I don't know if you can hear that, but somebody needs to tell them to stop, please. It's a shocking thing that we do a radio show in this time period every day. It's, yeah. it's an utter, you know, it's a mesmerizing uh, thing. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like at the lottery. This is the day we're doing the radio show or this time period. <laughs> I what? I didn't know that. Yeah. Every day <laughs> every they do day. that? It's For time. 90 days straight? <laughs> it's That's whoa. craziness. It's wild. It's wild. Uh, That's interesting. I, I had never heard that from about Saul Alinsky. We've heard so much about the guy. Yeah, well, he is. The, I mean, remember, he's the guy who has developed this this whole system that has hijacked America mm-hmm. and basically telling people hide behind a mask. But now they're so arrogant, and I'm telling you with as as much uh, with with as much conviction as I did when I said the masks will come off. Let me tell you this. It will be their arrogance that destroys them in the end. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, X-Chair. The X-Chair is much more like a recliner than your typical office chair. It is truly that comfortable. Uh, I don't know if anybody else, uh, you know, would describe X-Chair like a recliner, but would you agree with it, Stu? I mean, this is not something they're telling us to say. You know, like, no. So put it in the commercial. It's a recliner. I think I might be the first person who said that, but I really, I mean, leaning back in this thing. It's really comfortable when you lean back. It is unbelievably comfortable. But you could still get work done in it. It's not like, because yeah. I mean, a recliner just makes might seem like you're going to fall me asleep. asleep. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's usually, 
the pounding and the walking on the ceiling. Yeah, that's and the, uh, when they start the saws in a minute, it'll mm-hmm. be it'll keep you away. Yes. So you could live in a recliner like an <laughs> X chair. X chair, they're the best. Try it out. Uh, they have a money back guarantee. It's a hundred dollars off right now. Go to uh xchairbeck.com. Use the code X Wheels, X Wheels, and you get a free set of X Wheel Blade Casters. Coming up, we're going to do a radio show with lots of banging and hammering in the background because that makes it so much better on the Gledbeck program. I have the honor to introduce you to one of the best people I know. His name is Mike Rowe. The Way I Heard It with Mike Rowe. This is a great podcast that gives a unique take on American history. He explores everything from pop culture to politics, athletes to actors, history to Hollywood. It's called The Way I Heard It, and he shares stories for the curious mind with a short attention span. Each episode is 10 minutes or less about a famous person or an event that you know, filled with surprising facts that you likely didn't know start with episode 36 oh brother i mean you want to talk about a family divided by politics this story revolves around another presidential election about making america great again i love the big reveal at the end but i won't spoil it for you you'll love it go to micro.com slash podcast and listen and subscribe to the way i heard it that's m-i-k-e-r-o-w-e dot com slash podcast that's micro.com slash podcast Wrecked it. Yeah, it's over. He totally wrecked it. Yeah, I I, I know. Totally wrecked it. He wrecked it, Stu. I mean, I came in here in a good good mood. Yeah. I come Mm. in here in a good mood, and I thought, you know, here's a way to... Here's a way to, to, to take even the bad news and make it fun. Mm -hmm. And Stu says to me, uh, how long can this be fun? And I'm what? like, how long can this be fun? Forever. <laughs> it's eternal All fun. Day. It's eternal fun. All day. I, 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 you, that was the answer to the question. There's no <laughs> right. limit on the amount of time you could talk no, in right? a helium it, voice, which is, why, is, is odd because we've just done 20 years of radio without doing it all the time. Why not all the time? Then? Well, because you used to have to pass out. Oh. That's why. <laughs> so yeah, okay. It was really hard on you when uh-huh. you sucked helium into your... In your lungs. Into your lungs. Pat and I used to do it. We would do it once a week. Uh-huh. And it, helium Tuesday. Helium Tuesday. And mm-hmm. uh, it would, it almost killed us. <laughs> yeah, it does. But we did it. Killed a lot of we, brain cells, obviously. Yeah. We obviously. did it uh-huh. because we like our audience. Yes. Well, we love our audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and our audience they loved Helium Tuesday. They loved it. I would say I was speaking up uh, as an advocate for the audience. Mm-hmm. To question how long you planned on doing the helium There voice. is no time limit on it. There There's is no none. time limit. There is none. <laughs> he he does, so why, I said to him, I said, I could read any story and, and it would be funny. Yes. And he was like, no, yes. it's not. And I said, let me what? read Let me read a good news story. Let me read the Trump poll numbers with helium. And it's great. And he's like, it should be for things that are bad. And I'm like, well, hey, what, I know that's I know that's what we talked about. And it does do that. But it also works on any story. It works on almost anything. There's nothing that it does. So almost anything. Really. So there is a limit. No, there's oh my no gosh. Okay. Oh, my gosh. You are just you're theoretical. You are a party <laughs> I'm like, You suck. I'm asking you a science suck. question, which is, is there a theoretical limit to how long you could talk no. about the answer to that is no. no. So why no. Had, did you Stop. ever do it's a regular voice? It's funny until it stops being fun. Because it would kill you if you did it every day. 
Why would it kill you if you have a if you have a uh, if you have a way of doing? Well, it we have it now. I right. just got it. I got a new toy. Okay. I got a new toy. It does all kinds of things. But I stopped. It makes the you sound like helium without okay, okay, actually okay, sucking okay. in helium. Let's just pretend. Mm-hmm. That's great. Let's just pretend cool. we didn't have this conversation on the air, mm-hmm. okay. and we're just starting the break all over, but on helium this time. But okay. Stu wrecked okay. it. Stu is wrecked it. Why just so no, everybody is. knows. No, so this is your insurance policy. Stu wrecked it. Stop. No, it's not going to be bad. What that is? Not going to be bad. Here we go. This is the Glenn Beck program. <laughs> it's Helium Thursday. And uh, Stu has already wrecked it. <laughs> I don't see why you say I wrecked anything. <laughs> well, you're a drag. You're a drag, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so you were talking about Hickenlooper. Yes, yes. And Hickenlooper yesterday uh, had a town hall. I I believe this was yesterday, but it was. It was the last day night. this happened is not important. It was last night. It was last night. Okay. And he was with Dana Bash, <laughs> CNN. <laughs> and uh, he revealed something very important about himself. Right. And, uh, you want to listen to that now? Yeah. You want to see it? Yeah, I'd love that. All right. You want to see an X-rated movie? movie. Wait, 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 wait. We can't have him on helium. Wait. You can't have Hippican Pickin Looper on helium. No. That's just ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to imagine a better word than Hicken Looper to say on helium. (laughs) So, I just want the audience to know that not once... Has Stu cracked even a smile? (laughs) He does not find this funny or entertaining in the least. (laughs) It's a fair summary of where I am. Yes. It's a fair summary. (sighs) All right. But here's John Hickenlooper on CNN last night. You went to see an X-rated movie. With your mother. You have the floor, sir. (laughs) Thank you so much for that question. Anytime. Um, I thought it was better to write a book to let people really see who you were and and the dumb things you did as well as the smart things. And And where is that on the (laughs) spectrum? On the dumb side. Okay. (laughs) I I was the youngest of four, and as I said, my dad died uh, right after I turned eight. And this my mother disturbing. and I had a pretty tempestuous relationship. She was just the most amazing person. And, and I went off to college, and, and for the first time, she was alone in the house. And I didn't realize how powerful that was until I got home at Thanksgiving. And I promised I called a friend in Philadelphia. And these were ex- – I didn't know what an ex-movie was. We thought it was a little naughty, right. but we didn't think okay, it was that bad. I, again, you got to understand, I was 18 years old. Oh, and yeah. So I came home, and my mother hated to cook. I mean, she – she was a Can strong... we stop for just a second? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> an 18-year-old right, right. that didn't know what an X-rated movie was. And wait was. till you hear the title. <laughs> that he didn't know it was an X-rated movie. Come on. It's a total lie. All right, go ahead. Who got stuff done in her own right. And I got home and she had this huge dinner laid out. And I said, oh, I promised, you know, I promised Jed that we would go to the, the movie theater and see this, this new movie. 
you want to come? And I, it's an ex-movie, I don't know, I, you know, I just, and she, I was sure that she wouldn't say no. I made a mistake. And she said, I'd love to go, because she didn't want to be left alone in the house again. It was a pretty famous movie, too. So I took my mother mm -hmm. to see Deep Throat. And, <laughs> and, oh, and, and, and two other credits. Okay. The first scene is... <laughs> I didn't ask the question. Wow. But, but I will tell you, I will tell you that my mother, my mother was, uh, I'm, I'm sure she was mortified. And, and I said repeatedly, I think we should leave, I think we should go. And my mother was the kind of person that rarely went to a movie. She thought almost every movie would get on TV. Uh, obviously not this one. Uh, but she was, she really, once she paid, she was going to stay. And, and at the end, she knew that I was humiliated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, wow. Yeah. So John Hickenlooper <laughs> went with his mom to Deep Throat. But he, at 18, which is a lie because he was actually 20, Deep Throat didn't come out till he was 20 years old. So he takes his mom <laughs> at 20 years old to Deep Throat. <laughs> So, let me just ask the listener. Doesn't the world seem to make sense when we tell you this story of a man who's running to be president of the United States? It makes so much more sense when you say it in this voice. Nothing. 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 I know. Nothing. I know. He I wrecked mean, he it. smiled. He, he wrecked it. He wrecked it. No, it was very. I thought you guys we loved it. We could do that. You, you know guys what? Laughed a lot. I thought you loved it. From here on out, eight thirty Thursdays, helium. Helium Thursdays. Helium Thursdays. I love it. Yes, gone. Perfect time. Take for a it. break. Think about this Democrat field, though. You've got Hickenlooper who took his mom when he was twenty years old. To Deep Throat. Let me ask you this. He said it mm -hmm. was an X movie. No, I've never X? heard anyone refer to an X-rated movie as an X movie. No. I never have either. No. I mean, he's still, mm -hmm. he, I'm just being honest here. No, you're not. Nobody says X movie. Right. He's like trying to seem unfamiliar with the Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. And to, for anybody at that time, in that moment, who's an adult, a 20-year-old human being, Everybody knew in what college. that movie was about. Everybody in college. knew. It's not like come on. It's not like Jimmy Stewart where they're on the dance floor and it opens up to be the pool. Right. You know what I While mean? While they're it, doing the Charleston. Or are they doing the Charleston? Hey. It wasn't that world. He was in college. What year was that? Seventy two. Nineteen seventy two in 72. college. Come I on. don't know what an X movie is. Come Stop on. it. Stop it. So you got that guy. You got Beto, who we found out yesterday, took poop out of his baby's diaper, put it in a bowl. And served it to his wife, telling her it was an avocado. And that's different from him fantasizing about, about killing over children, children. Mm -hmm. when he was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. You got uh, Andrew Yang, who suddenly desired uh, or decided that circumcision is a presidential issue yeah. somehow, mm -hmm. and says that we should not circumcise anymore. You got Bernie uh, Sanders, who sat around naked at a dinner table with a bunch of Soviets in the Soviet Union on his honeymoon. You've got. Well, not to mention, he fa uh, f said that women fantasize being, about being raped over right. and over again. Right. Another weird one. Uh, you've I got... think we should go back to the helium. 
<laughs> it would be more tolerable. It would be right? much more tolerable. Oh, man. Thank you so much, Pat. I appreciate it. All right. Unemployment is at record lows. This is the, uh, the, the economy of maybe a century. The economy of jobs of a century. We've not been this low. We're at record lows. And so it's getting harder and harder to find a job, which is why, you know, many people, hopefully you, uh, are getting raises because it's hard to find the right employee. Yeah, you said it's harder and harder to find a job. It's actually not harder and harder to find a job. job. It's harder and harder to find someone to fill your job. Correct. That's what I meant. I I didn't mean that. Mm -hmm. It's it's hard to find. Helium is kicking it a little bit. It It really is. (laughs) Uh, Finding the right employee is the most important factor, and it's hard to find them now. So if you are an employer, please use ZipRecruiter.com. Try it. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash back. Here's what happens. Normally you go to these sites and they'll just download a bunch of resumes to you and you have no idea if they're right and it takes you forever. This is really like hiring a headhunter. It's, they have these algorithms that go out and they find the right person. They learn what you're looking for. And they find the right person in the, you know, some jobs you could look for uh, this right person the world over. But if you're, you know, a local store and you're trying to just put your team together, you don't want somebody living three states away. You want somebody in your area. ZipRecruiter can help you find the right person and and most employers find the right person sometimes within the first hour, but almost always within the first day. ZipRecruiter.com slash back. Try it for free now. ZipRecruiter.com slash back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. (sighs) So Fox News just hired Donna Brazil. Strange hire. Well, uh, only because it's not a strange hire if, you know, you're trying to have balance and blah, 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 blah. But I don't need to hear from Donna Brazil. And Donna Brazil is is so clearly dishonest. Yeah, because they have plenty of Democrats on Fox News, and that's ex- ex- right. an accepted part of what they do there. But, but she was, when she was on CNN, she was the one that was leaking the the debate questions to the candidate. To Hillary. Right. I mean... That doesn't get any more dirty and shady and operative than that. It does seem like there's not a, another role for you in, certainly in political media after right. that. Like, is there a role for you as a shady lobbyist and like, you know, Paul Manafort style for like Ukraine? Right. Yeah, yeah. sure. Maybe that's that's still a role yeah, that's but open. Why should I listen to you? Why Why would I listen to your opinion when I know now you're an operative? That's the problem with uh, the the news uh, channels is that people don't have a problem with people who have opinions. They just want them to be the real opinion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not some hidden agenda opinion. And, and well, you know, I really think and when you don't, you, they want people just to say what they feel, what they think. And Donna Brazil is not an honest broker. No, not even close. I and mean, she's, she was caught Right. Like, we all know a lot of them are not right. honest brokers. She was right. actually caught doing it. I mean, it's hard to understand why you'd want her 
you know, as a well, I can tell you because CNN is going to I mean, uh, Fox News is going to change now. The real change is coming because now the Murdoch kids uh, are taking over. Yeah, although, I mean, they've been in charge for a while and there hasn't been much of a change in approach. You know, they hate Fox. I've, I've certainly it. read that before. And no, heard that. I remember Roger used to tell me that all the time. When those kids take over, it's only a matter of time. Mm. Because they they were always pushing back on Fox. And it was because they are hanging out in all the Hollywood circles. They're hanging out with all the elitist friends. And they're all saying to them every day, how can you, how can you do this? How could you possibly do this? And so they're going to start trying to compromise. And they already have. You've, you've already seen it. Um, and they're going to start compromising and compromising. Pretty soon, there will be nothing left. It's, I, I hope that doesn't yeah, happen. Hopefully, that's not I true. I really hope that doesn't happen. Because, but. Uh, you know, you, you like money, too. And so it's a, it's a money-generating yeah. machine. Machine. And machine. you don't want to screw that up. Yeah. That's, you know, even for a billionaire. But they don't, they don't seem to care. They don't seem to care at CNN. What they're doing at CNN is, is costing them money. Uh, their ratings are horrible. Their primetime ratings are as bad as as our our best ratings at headline news. Now, remember, headline news was not competitive at all. It was the fourth also ran. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so if you wanted your news in 30 minutes, you you went to headline news. But when we first started doing real programming on headline news, it was hard to get an audience. Their primetime is now doing that kind of level numbers. It's amazing. And it's incredible. The idea that like talking about Donald Trump constantly is is good for ratings. I mean, it seems to work on MSNBC at some level. Like they've had a pretty good run as far as ratings have gone. I Just, think because they're honest about who they are yeah. to some degree. They're like, "Yeah, we're against the administration." Where CNN is trying to pretend that they're news, but they're not. And so I think it's the dishonesty of CNN, the, the, the mask. We are credible news. How dare you call us fake news? And you have Jim Acosta. I mean, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it, people are smarter than that. They're smarter than that. It's hard to accept because, I mean, literally every story. I mean, you can go through, you go through their primetime lineup. Every single story is about Donald Trump. Every story. It's like, I don't. That can't be the reality of the United States of America with 330 million people in it that only one of them is worth talking about. That just can't be true. But that is what you get from CNN and MSNBC, I'm and sure. I, I, I want to give you the poll numbers, too, of Donald Trump because the, the Politico just came out with a great story about he's going to steamroll if the economy stays the way it is. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Relief Factor is something that was created by doctors. They found four key ingredients that will help your body fight against inflation. In, in, um, inflama- sorry, inflation. Inflammation is, uh, you can tell what's on my mind. Inflammation <laughs> is really where most of our pain comes from. Uh, the body becomes inflamed, and when you have runaway inflammation, you, you just can't get out of pain. You can't sleep. You can't you know, do the things that you want to do. Relief Factor will help you get back to a real life. 
where you can do the things you want to do. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-500-8384. It's 800-500-8384. Or you can just go to ReliefFactor.com. Try it. The quick start is $19.95. It's three weeks. People who try it for three weeks, 70 or 80% of them go on to order more month after month after month. It's Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com, 800-500-8384. The Fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Dragonfly in China, and the mixing of tech and our intelligence community has already happened. Now tech and the government coming together. People are saying in Washington that they want to break these tech companies up. What does that mean for you? And is that the right thing? Or is that, quite honestly, I think, a bluff? Something that politicians are saying to get them to toe the line and give them access to the information that they are looking for. We go into that and red pill America in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right. There is a national shortage right now of auto technicians, uh, and that's making getting your car fixed even more expensive. Apparently, uh, the the car tech is aging out now, and there's nobody who wants to be a car mechanic. I mean, it's it's really amazing what's happening to us here in America. People are just not willing to do the things that... You know, a regular job. They're not willing to fix a car. And it's it's getting tougher and tougher, and you have to become more and more skilled. You're working with computers now. If you're <laughs> underneath a car, you're not just doing it at a desk. You're underneath a car. Yeah, you can't even, I mean, even if you learned how to fix cars back in the day, it doesn't even no good now. No, no, good. no. So it's becoming more expensive to fix your car. And if you have a car that's run out of warranty, I mean, just replacing a sensor could cost you a 1000 bucks. So most people just cannot handle a $300, $500 repair to their car that just pops up, you know, a check engine. When that light goes off, you're like, oh, no. And you're not covered. Well, you are if you have Car Shield. Call 1-800-CAR-6000, 1-800-CAR-6000, or visit carshield.com. If you use the promo code back, you're going to save 10%. It's extended vehicle protection. Get it now from carshield.com, promo code back. Uh, we have Patrick Karelchi. Uh, he is the host of Red-Pilled America, but I'd like him to spend just, just a, a less than a minute telling us who he is because he was nominated for a Pulitzer uh, by Andrew Breitbart for a series that he did that I remember covering on Fox that w- was truly terrifying during the uh, Obama administration. Uh, welcome to the program, Patrick. Thanks for having me, Glenn. You bet. Tell, tell tell people, remind them of what you exposed during the Obama administration on that particular topic. 
Yeah, back in 2009, I was invited to a White House uh, conference call, and uh, the the meeting looked kind of weird. It, it, it looked like they, they were going to be trying to do some kind of a switcheroo with the, the big National Endowment for the Arts and potentially use it to, uh, to, to, to put out propaganda. So I went to the meeting, and um, it was a conference call meeting, a bunch of people on it, 100 people or so. Media was on it. Artists were on it. And um, I recorded the phone call. It was uh, with my iPhone, and it was uh, it was before we all started, you know, using these iPhones in that in that way. And I remember you asking me about that back then. Um, so I recorded the call and basically caught them. What many people were saying, there was it was a violation of the Hatch Act, which is basically you can't use federal funds to push policy. Mm-hmm. And so I did a story on it. Um, Published it with Breitbart News. Uh, you uh, helped me uh, put it out there nationally on on your show at the time, and somebody ended up. Uh, you know, they initially denied it and said that nothing was going wrong, and kind of started attacking mm-hmm. me behind the scenes. And then, eventually, somebody uh, resigned from the White House. So it ended up being kind of my first big story, my first big foray into into uh, storytelling. It was a multiple part series, and and now here I am. Now here you are, you and you don't have a, uh, you, 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 you never went to school for this, you're an actual, an applied physicist, but now you're doing something that I think is is really important. You've got a podcast called Red Pilled America, and you're on um, uh, the third part now, the virtual organism. Explain yes. what this is. We did a, a, a multiple dive, a, a series, deep dive into uh, Silicon Valley, and you know, I, I think uh, you you speak a lot about uh, AI and and the, uh, the and the problems with AI and and, the, and kind of the, the what what it's going to be doing to to us in society. And we take a real deep dive into Silicon Valley, and we kind of touch on this topic that basically some of our biggest fears are kind of already here. I mean, you have this this huge collection of human beings and data and computing. And we look at Silicon Valley and some of these organizations as virtual organisms because they are they have become so powerful. They control so much of our lives. We speak a lot about Hollywood and how basically, and, you know, we yeah. criticize Hollywood and the way that they come at us. Hollywood is a one-way street. They, they spew their, their ideas and their messages at us, but it's only one way. With Silicon Valley, it's a two-way street in that they follow us everywhere that we go. They know everything that we do. They know all of our friends. And guess what? They have a political ideology as well. And if you don't follow that political ideology, they they hurt you. <laughs> so we, we follow we, – we, we basically look at the story of YouTube, the origin story of YouTube, to kind of get an understanding of these – big organizations and where they came from, how they got so big. Um, and, and that's what we do in part one. We basically look at the Vimeo, which really was the very first video hosting site. And, right. and, and we, we look at them and see how basically YouTube stole the idea from them and how they basically created this huge, they, they, it was one of the hugest value transfers mm-hmm. in modern history by using copyright and basically Avoid, uh, not uh, disregarding copyright, and they basically took Hollywood's value away from them and that, and benefited from that. And they were able to use certain laws that that they passed uh, uh, about a decade or so earlier. Earlier, so we we really we go into the Silicon Valley thing, and the main point that I'm trying to get through 
with this uh, this series. And once again, it's Red Pilled America. Red Pilled America. It's on the iHeartRadio app. The main point I'm trying to get across is we need to start looking at these companies differently because they've created digital town halls that we are having a problem having the ability to speak within. Mm-hmm. And, and conservatives in the right, we like to look at, at, at these things as private property and, oh, okay, we, don't, we shouldn't be touching these things. But there's a completely different thing going on here. It's brand new. And if, they, if they've created the, the, the digital streets, the digital sidewalks, the digital town halls that we are going to be talking on, we have to be able to speak at these places. And there's been Supreme Court um, uh, rulings on this, Marsh versus Alabama, where private property in these company towns back in the day, it was, or it's been ruled that even if it's private property, if they own the town hall, we still have our, the ability to speak at these locations. So we delve into all of these topics in this three-part series. We're talking to Patrick Karelchi. He is uh, from redpilledamerica.com. You can find his podcast, Red Pilled America, uh, on the iHeartRadio app, and it is well worth your time. He is looking at things um, and looking uh, from the angle of, uh, you know, red state America, um, but not a sellout to it, just asking the questions that you would ask. Patrick, I, I, I am. Um, have, have you read uh, Surveillance Capitalism yet, the book? No, no, I haven't. OK, so I, I disagree with a lot of stuff uh, in it, but it is a very good look at um, what is what is coming and what they truly are working on. And the thing the 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 the, the most chilling understanding i mean as i as i read this book i'm looking at this technology and what's coming out of silicon valley and all the algorithms and their search for for the ultimate ai much differently now i mean i've i i've understood it enough to be frightened by it and excited by it but i i'm understanding it in a new way in this way patrick and what they're looking for is 100% certainty. So they're looking at our patterns and for instance, Facebook can tell you you're on your way, you're you're going to cheat or you're going to get a divorce. Um and they can just tell, they know who's doing it or going to do it because the pattern is there and they have so much data. And they're looking for more and more data to be able to predict with absolute certainty. Once they can predict with absolute certainty, they can then shape us any way they need to shape us to nudge us. I mean, it is the ultimate Cass Sunstein. We don't need advertisers and people to nudge us. The algorithms will nudge us. And and that kind of power in anybody's hands, I don't care if it's government or the private industry, is very dangerous for any republic, any free people. You know, we spoke to, um, when we spoke to the creator of Vimeo, he's a programmer, and he had a very uh, poignant comment that I think kind of touches on what you just said there. He said that the philosophy of the creator gets embedded in the creation, mm-hmm. that their morality their values, their crazy ideas, they all become part of the fabric of the algorithms that they create. 
So when you have this enormous, these enormously powerful companies in Silicon Valley that are admittedly hard left, they can't, the, the, their values are embedded into this code. So like the, using the example that you just said about, about adultery or cheating, these, a lot of these algorithms are, are maximized for clicks. They want, to, they, they want interaction. And so if they see that kind of uh, behavior coming, they can actually encourage it. Mm-hmm. Because they understand that that what kinds of things is going to make this person in this state of mind click, and you know it, it, it becomes this very you know how do we solve this problem? And and I think that's the big discussion that we need to be having right now. We all understand that there's a major issue. It's really now what do we do about this? What 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 policies should be enacted? And I am in the same camp as you in that. I fear that the government will try to grab the steering wheel and move it in their direction and try to take as much advantage of this as they possibly can. But I also fear that our representatives aren't speaking about this as much. We only have really Ted Cruz, when Mark Zuckerberg was on the kind of being interrogated by the committee, Ted Cruz was really the only guy that, w- that was really asking the kinds of questions that we need to be asking right here. And that really makes me wonder, why is it that Ted Cruz was the only guy that was really kind of hitting him on some of these questions? And, and, I, and I really, it, we need to be having a major, major discussion and put aside our rigid ideologies about how we should be dealing with these private companies because they are. this is a different thing that we have going on. They know more about us than any government agency has ever known about any human, any of uh, U.S. citizen. Oh, if 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 uh, if Hitler would have had half of this technology, there would not be a Jew left on Earth. So true, so true, and and and, and so, you know, I, I I we we really I want I would really love if people would take the time check out Red Pilled America. It's on the iHeartRadio app. Take the time to to really delve into these issues and understand that. There is something different going on here that, that these people have created. They're creating these digital nation states. It is our projection, our, our, our real-life projection of ourself is now being projected online. Facebook, for example, for example they have become the identity of our, of our online identity. They, they actually authenticate our online identity. When they take you off of Facebook, you lose the ability to, to easily log in to thousands of websites from there. And what does that do to human beings when that happens? How are they ostracized when that happens? It, it, these are the kinds of things that we need to be talking about. I've heard a lot of people speak about, okay, we need to, a digital bill of rights. I think we already have a bill of rights, and we just need to basically apply it online. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, Patrick, and then I'll cut you loose. The, should we be breaking them up? You know, it, it's, it's something that a lot of people are talking about. I'm not a policy expert. I, I, it, it is... I've heard multiple different uh, approaches to this. Breaking up is one of them. I've heard of, of people talking about uh, transparency in the code. That if we have a that we, if we have a transparency in what they're doing, that could help solve the problem. Breaking up is definitely, I think, should be on the table because mm. 
they they keep gobbling up their competition. Mm-hmm. Facebook gobbles up Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime a, they gobble up WhatsApp, anytime another one of these social media things start to rise up, you, Google gobbles up YouTube. There's a reason why they're doing that. They understand the network effects of having these massive, massive amounts of users and how they could benefit from that. Yeah. So, so I, I do think that it should be on the table, but I think there's also other things that we should be looking at as well. Patrick, thank you so much. It is Red Pill America. You can find it at redpilledamerica.com. The podcast, really well worth your time. This is the third in the series, is it not? Yes. Yes, yes it is. Um, and they're all worth, uh, all worth listening to, and you'll find it on the iHeartRadio app. Patrick, thank you so much. All right. Let me tell you about a VPN. Remember what, what Patrick said, and people don't really understand this. They are following you all the time to be able to predict your movements with 100% certainty. That is terrifying. I don't want anyone to be able to predict me with 90%, 50% certainty. That's really disturbing. If you have a VPN, they're not following you. They can't follow you. A VPN is a virtual private network, and you see it in movies where it's like, where's that coming from? Oh, my gosh, it's in Tokyo. No, it's in, it's in Russia. No, it's in, uh, you know, Brazil. It is something that you are using someone else's computer somewhere else in the world. So it's a virtual network. This stops people from tracking you stops people from hacking you it is the safest way to be online norton.com slash vpn norton.com slash vpn the prices start at three dollars and 33 cents and that's if you if you subscribe for a year you may not know anybody who has a vpn now but i'm telling you you will everybody's going to have to have something like this and the only one that i can say i trust their security is norton norton.com slash vpn do it now 10 seconds uh, station break for id The interesting thing about um, this is this accumulated power and wealth. You know, when Rockefeller uh, died, his son was given the keys to the kingdom. And uh, they told him, the accountants got together and said, do you realize how much money you have? And he said, yeah, it's a lot. And they said, no, do you really, we need to look, we need to show you with just like three or 5% compounded interest on this money. Because people, I've had people say that, do you realize how much money you have? It's usually a negative. Right. <laughs> do you yeah. realize how much, how much money, money you have? have? Because it's not looking, it's you're not right. positive. Yeah, you're not able to afford this. Right. Go away. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, we just want to show you with compounded interest uh, that in you know two generations, your family, whoever's running the family, will have more money than... Most economies in the world, if not every economy, you may beat America as the largest holder of cash. Okay, <laughs> It's quite a statement. Right. It was standard oil. So think of the money that was coming into that one family. So <clears throat> that's why Rockefeller started giving away money as fast as he could. Um, because he knew he couldn't keep up. You could give it away 
and you still are not beating the camp compound interest. You're just reducing it for future generations, but they will still have so much money it won't matter. Okay, that's that's incredible. That's incredible. And you've seen how the Rockefeller Foundation, just that one alone, has influenced public opinion, has influenced the arts and, and everything else. The money that the Rockefellers uh, have, have put out created national parks. Hey, the, the money that they had has influenced us and continues to influence us today. Nobody's talking about the money that Google has, the power and influence that Google has in that way. We know what it is today. What will it be in 10 years? What will it be in a generation from now? Yeah, I mean, it is a, a major question to wrestle with because you're getting you're giving you're, you're centralizing a lot of influence, uh, you know, for future generations among a very small group of people. That being said, I mean, what Patrick brought up, I mean, he hits on a lot of my worries about the, about this Private. talk, which is like, you know, again, know. they built this. And, and I, you know, maybe this, you know, the, I'd have to I, I was not familiar with the Supreme Court ruling uh, that he, he mentioned. I want to look into that. I mean, he, I know he goes through that in the podcast. I want to listen to that because the case is someone smart making the case that these things either should be broken up or, or action taken that would make conservatives uncomfortable is a very popular sort of idea right now. I'd like to hear somebody, you know, kind of smart make the case that isn't just like, well, I, my Twitter's shut down, darn it. Like, mm. a, a lot of it seems to be just sort of frustration, which is understandable because of the way that they're treating conservatives. But, I, you know, you get really hesitant when you talk about Google, who has created by them, you know, their, it's their business. They created it. You know, the fact that they are doing things that you don't like with it, no, it just it, means you should try something else, usually. So I'd like to hear that case uh, really spelled we're out. We're just in a different place now. Rockefeller had all that money, and he could influence us, and he did. They influenced us in ways you don't even know. But I keep coming back to this idea of they are creating algorithms of absolute certainty. Mm -hmm. That's what they're after, mm -hmm. is certainty. So then they can move you. Now, be that political, be that buy this product over this product, it is control, unseen, unknowable control over each of our lives, possibly for the rest of our lives. That's different. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Blinds.com knows a thing or two about the, uh, how to rejuvenate your home, how to make it look great. 23 years online, 15 million windows covered in the U.S. Blinds.com is America's top choice for custom-made-to-order window coverings. Springtime is here. It's the perfect time to take the steps to uh, re-energize yourself, refresh your home. They have very high quality and affordable window coverings for whatever you're looking for. And they make the entire process really fast, really, really easy. Whether you're looking for energy efficiency, you just want to redo the look of your home or you're selling your home. Blinds.com makes the experience a breeze. Plus, every order gets free samples, free shipping, free online design consultation with satisfaction guaranteed. Go to Blinds.com right now, now through March 26. Get an extra 5% off their huge spring savings event. Promo code BECK, Blinds.com. 
So while you're subscribing to Red Pilled America on the iHeart uh, Map app, you might want to also go over to, I don't know, the Glenn Beck program. Also available there and anywhere you get your podcasts. Mary, the child you bear will become the greatest of men. From the network that brought you the Bible. There has been talk about Jesus. They say he's healing the sick. Comes the life of Jesus Christ. His preaching is what concerns me. He's helping people. From those who knew him best. We are his followers. We've seen him do wondrous things. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus, his life. Monday at 8 on History. Trump 2020 prediction from Politico that is interesting and I think true. Uh, Also, uh, we have a sheriff from Washington state. He's going to be coming on with us to talk about uh, the new gun laws and how the sheriffs are opposing this and what the state is doing to try to punish the sheriffs. It's pretty amazing. That's coming up. Also, Matt Kibbe is going to be joining us on 3D gun printing uh, because uh, New Zealand just said, okay, all guns gone, can't sell any of these things, went farther than anybody had ever imagined, and they're celebrating over in New Zealand. The authorities are celebrating over in New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand has just made that shooter their king, and we'll explain coming up in, uh, in just a minute. Also, over in England, things are getting even crazier. Listen to this story. I'm standing here this morning outside of police headquarters uh, because one of our guests uh, on the show later on Twitter uh, who has a uh, a boy who was a son who was born a boy then transitioned uh, to a girl. They were referred to the wrong pronoun as a he or a boy. That was the debate on Twitter. As a result of that, uh, Susie Green said that she found this actually uh, distressing and spiteful. Made a complaint to Surrey Police, who now tell us that they are actually uh, investigating as a hate crime. Hate crime have a maximum prison sentence of anything up to two years. This is at a time, of course, when we've been talking about a lot on the programme with rising knife crime around the country and also violence is soaring in the UK as well. Should the police be prioritising crimes like this? Crimes. (laughs) Is it a crime? Crimes to, like this. To say what, so, how, you know, the gender that someone was born as. Even if you, I mean, like, it's a disagree, disagreement. You go, to, you go to jail for two years yeah. for saying that in England. That's two incredible. years. Incredible. And, and while knife crimes are soaring. Yeah, why are knife crimes soaring? Because people, it, people will kill people. You take away the gun, they'll kill people with knives. You take away the knives, they'll kill people with rocks. This is, this is a human trait. And we're ignoring all of the human traits. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was, was it uh, Tim Poole that was on uh, Joe Rogan's uh, podcast a few weeks ago? We, we played the clips of him with the Twitter. With oh, yeah, Jack yeah, yeah, from yeah, Twitter. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and he made a great point, which I had, I had never really thought about, um, which is they talk about misgendering on social networks, which is, okay, as they just explained, uh, a, a man has transitioned to a woman and you call them a man. That is uh, misgendering and they'll kick you off Twitter for that and Great Britain, you can get a couple years in jail, apparently, for it. However, to half the country, the idea that you would misgender someone is the opposite. Mm-hmm. Where if you call someone who has supposedly transitioned from male to female, if you call them a female, you are misgendering them. According which is, to science. According to science and about half the country. Mm-hmm. So there is a real political undertow. It's not a fact 
no. based judgment. No. It's saying which side of this argument is correct and then enforcing their side only. Have you seen the movie Brexit yet? With, I've seen uh, parts of it. You know, uh, Oscar Cumberbunch. Uh, that's that's not Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, okay. There's a lot of syllables. Yeah, that's him. all I remember. Yeah. Um, he, I actually love him. I think he's he's it's a really great good. actor. Great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this movie out uh, called Brexit, and I watched it last night, and it is really worth your time watching. Did you? Because I had the impression I saw about half an hour of it, and I've DVR'd it. I watched it with one eye, and I don't know British politics well enough to know how. In fact, I've we've got a guy from Scotland who's now my. Uh, uh, executive assistant and and i'm going to ask him to watch it and tell me the subtle things that i might have missed but it seemed pretty fair to me yeah, well yeah because i was expecting it to be the, the leave side would be trashed and the stay side or remain side would be praised yeah. that's what i was expecting and no they 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 split the leave side into two camps the steve bannon camp because steve was part of that um and the steve bannon camp that was using race to say we got to get out um and then the um not nigel farage uh, daniel hannon the daniel hannon mm-hmm. side and that's um you know cumberbunch's uh side <laughs> cumberbatch and you mm-hmm. and you see you see them find uh they're, they're starting to use algorithms and this new company comes in from canada and and bannon is using cambridge analytica okay and he's finding all kinds of stuff out but uh, the uh, the other side of exit, they don't know any. They're they're not dealing with them at all. In fact, they say we don't want anything to do with those guys. But they're using this new scientific data as well, and they find that people are really seething under the surface, and the government people they just don't get it. They don't get it. The exit people or the uh, stay in people they don't see it coming at all until this scene. And I want you to I want you to listen to this. Now, this is a a scene from the movie, and it is um, a uh, focus group where the focus group person is is not making the case to the focus group uh, that the government really wants to make that these things are not true and they're really going to hurt you and blah, blah, blah. So they have everybody, a representative from all of these different viewpoints in society. And you can, the first time they meet, it's not so clear. But as the exit people find them first and start to listen to them and amplify the voice of those who feel unheard, those who feel unheard and have felt unheard for a long time start to express it uh uh, loudly in this focus group and it's amazing it shuts down the entire thing this is what's happening in america as well i want you to listen to this and and see if you don't relate in some regard what will happen Project is that the government guy. Our, our currency will collapse and the economy will contract. How do you know that? You lot get things wrong all the time. I don't know why we pay anything. To be a member of the single largest trading bloc in the entire world. But what benefit am I seeing from that where I'm from? I'd rather go in the NHS like they're saying. Oh, you do realise. This is, uh, yeah, it's bad. People making these promises, people that you have never heard of, hmm? Dominic Cummings, 
that they're not elected, they're not going to form a government, despite having made billions of pretend spending promises post-Brexit, that they have no power or responsibility to see any of it through. Okay, we could take a little break. Or, or Aaron Banks and his diamond mine in South Africa, or Nigel Farage, the old stockbroker, Boris Johnson, Jacob Rees-Mogg, yeah? They're going to be fine, aren't they? This is just a game to them, a, a debating society. But... The risk to you and your children. There's no risk. Come to where I'm from. There's nothing to lose. We've got something to lose. Our age. You lot have had your lives. You've had your jobs and your homes and things. It doesn't matter to you yet. Take a risk. Saw it. Thank you very much. I've lost everything. Because you are nervous about people with a different colour skin and a different accent. Thank you very much. Sick of being called that. What did I call you? What did I say? You know what you were calling me. No, you know what you were calling me. I don't. Racist. 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 When that's what you were saying that. She's right. It's all right. This is chaos. We can't say nothing now without that coming up. Oh, and that's. That is what's happening all over the world, and it's happening here. You are told over and over again by the experts and then by the other people at the table, well, you're just this. And you're like, no, I'm not. Well, yes, you are. And you're only doing this because, look, I've got nothing else to lose. Now, come, come to where I live. Come to where I grew up. There's nothing left and you're taking away everything that I've loved. They, they, they talk about, they talk to this one group of people, and it's all a reenactment, but it's very well done. Uh, and they talk to this couple who are living out in the middle of nowhere, and, and it's just a, just a hellhole of a neighborhood now. And they're like, this used to be a great neighborhood. This used to, my, my kids won't even come back. And the woman starts to cry, and she said, I... I just want something back that I recognize. And from that moment on, you start to understand what's really happening. And it's happening here in America. It's what I missed during the Trump, uh, the first Trump election. People feel when she said at the end there, I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of being called names and blamed for everything and then told I can't have a place at the table. I can't say anything. I shouldn't recognize that this is a problem. I can't recognize that I disagree with that. I just have to shut up. And she starts to cry, and I'm just tired of it. I'm just tired of it. That's happening all over the world. And until the media really starts to take those people seriously, those people will not be silenced. You are not going to steamroll over those people. And no fair or just society would. This is the way Martin Luther King felt in the 1950s, in the 1960s, until he stood up. And if you continue to do this, this is what those people will do eventually. I don't know how long it will take. 
but they're Americans. They have a right to be at the table. They have a right to be heard. They have a right to not be called racist unless they are truly racist. You show up and you're for the Nazis. You're a socialist. You're a national socialist. You're not a conservative. And that's not an American point of view. Americans hope to someday be able to build a society where all men are are created equal and they are treated equally we're not there but we're getting worse we're not getting better because all we're doing is picking at scabs and then silencing anyone else that says wait this isn't right this isn't this isn't true and this is destroying us stop picking at the scabs and start listening to people what they're really saying when they when they cry out and say enough what they're really saying is i'm i'm tired of being isolated i know that's what sololinsky taught you to do but he didn't teach you what to do when i'm sick of it and i rise up Unless that's what Karl Marx taught you, which was kill them. What's your answer? For those who are picking at the scabs, what are you going to do when those people say, I can't take it anymore? Simply safe. Simply safe. The run up to the next election is going to be crazy. Uh, and, uh, you know, with with the way we're going of hate the rich and your stuff is my stuff, you need to protect your family. You need to protect uh, your your home and your stuff. I, I hate to have this attitude, but if you're not recognizing what we're heading for, uh, you're you're going to feel less and less safe and simply safe wants you to feel safe at home. Everybody should feel safe. SimplySafeBeck.com will help you do that at an amazing uh, price with the highest of technology, the latest technology, in a way that's so unobtrusive that you won't even notice it. It's all wireless, and there's no contracts. You own the system, and for $14.99 a month, you can have them monitor. This is the best deal out there, and you will feel safe at home again. SimplySafeBeck.com. For your business, for your home. SimplySafeBeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Now, I, uh, I want to uh, play some audio that came out earlier this week, but we never really spent some time on the radio show talking about Ted Koppel and, and what he said um, you know, he, he came out in a discussion with the Carnegie Endowment for International Police uh, or yeah, for peace. Uh, and um, he said, you know, Donald Trump is right. He's right. Listen to this. His perception that the establishment press is out to get him doesn't mean that great journalism is not being done. It is. But the notion that most of us look upon Donald Trump as being an absolute fiasco 
He's not mistaken in that perception, and he's not mistaken when so many of the liberal media, for example, describe themselves as belonging to the resistance. What does that mean? That's not, that's not said by people who consider themselves reporters, objective reporters of facts. That's the kind of language that's used by people who genuinely believe, and I rather suspect with some justification, that Donald Trump is bad for the United States, and the better, you know, the sooner he's out of office, the better they will like it. Whether that happens by virtue of indictment, impeachment, or election, we'll see. What do you make of that? Very honest. It's I, very honest. I, I, it's the most honest thing I've heard. I think very true. Right. I mean, that is exactly where so many, uh, you know, so many journalists are. And it's why it's why fake news is a thing. It's why it's a, an effective tactic for, you know, people on the right to mention mm-hmm. because so much of it, it's, you know, sometimes there's basis or, or at least a hint of basis be- behind these stories. But they blow them up into the, these ridiculous proportions and do everything they can to magnify it. They do everything they can to make it as bad as possible for the president because they believe that to get him out with any means necessary is the right thing to do. Correct. It's it's when he says there isn't good journalism happening. I think he's he's both right and wrong. There is. There is. But but good journalism requires both sides. They're only exposing one side. You've got to do it to both. Otherwise, it isn't journalism. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Um, I want to talk to you about a a movie that is coming out. Uh, It's our spotlight sponsor of the hour. It is Best of Enemies. Uh, It is a, a, a true story about Ann Atwater. She was a civil rights activist. This is in 1971. And C.P. Ellis, and he's described as a segregationist uh, in Durham, North Carolina, but he was actually the grand cyclops, the exalted cyclops of the Klan. We have to spend some time just on that (laughs) at some point. But anyway, they were on this committee together and they were told, you guys work out this, uh, you know, school resegregation or or, uh, desegregation. It is uh, opening up on April 5th. They became friends. He had a change of heart. It's called Best of Enemies. There are a couple of Academy Award winners that are in this. This is a this is a really great movie. Best of Enemies. Go to bestofenemies.movie and you can see the trailer and learn more about it. It again opens April 5th. bestofenemies.movie. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenbeck program. There is a a very optimistic um, prediction about Donald Trump and the 2020 election, but it comes with a pretty big if if we're going to start there in 1 minute. This is the Glenbeck program. Um, also, I want to talk to you a little bit about LifeLock. Uh, LifeLock 
is our sponsor. They uh, they warn you that your social security number is is out there. That's worth about a dollar on the uh, dark web. It's when they can put together your social security number with a bunch of other things. That's when it becomes very valuable. For instance, if if somebody can hack into a doctor's uh, files and get your file, that's worth a thousand dollars. Uh, and they'll make a lot of money on that because that has your place of birth, your email addresses, credit card information, social security number, everything. So now they can really go after you and your money and your credit. There are hackers that are doing this 24-7, and most doctors in a 2017 survey showed that the healthcare providers, only 16% of them had fully functional cybersecurity on their files. That's a huge target, and you're done if they get your your files from your doctor. LifeLock stands guard. LifeLock is monitoring. Now, nobody can monitor all you know businesses and all transactions. However, they uncover the things that you're probably going to miss on your own. And I think where the money comes in is they have people here that work to fix all of those problems. So if somebody does steal your identity... You don't have to worry about it. They take care of it because it is, I mean, it's just a nightmare. Have you ever had to have, don't get me started on an, on Apple and my iPad that died on me the other day and my phone died at the same time. You've had a fun week with that stuff. Oh my gosh, it four days, mm. four days of just changing my passwords and I, what's your keychain password? Mm. I don't even know what the keychain password is. What does that mean? Give me your iCloud password. I don't know what that password is. I I was about to lose my mind. That's the way it is if somebody hacks in, but it goes on for years. LifeLock. Go to LifeLock.com right now. You'll save 10% off your first year by using the promo code Beck. It's LifeLock.com. Promo code Beck. All right, I want to give you this from Politico and Ben White. Uh, he says, economic models, economic models point to a Trump blowout in 2020, but a faltering economy or giant scandal could change everything. Donald Trump has a low approval rating. He's engaged in bitter Twitter wars and facing metastasizing investigations. But if the election were held today, he would likely ride to a second turn in term in a huge landslide. According to multiple economic models with strong track records of picking presidential winners and losers. Um, a strong U.S. economy featuring low unemployment Rising wages, low gas prices are the reason. This is also a historic advantage held by incumbent uh, presidents, and they usually win. While Trump appears to be in a much stronger position than his approval rating and conventional beltway wisdom might suggest, he could also wind up in trouble if the economy slows markedly between now and next fall. Uh, other legal bombshells could explode uh, the current scenario. Trump's party managed to lose the House in 2018 despite a strong economy, so the models could wind up being wrong this time around. The 2020 election, the new Congress, the Mueller investigation, all of these things are going to play a role. But the economy is, quoting, so damn strong right now, and by all historic precedent, the incumbent should run away with it. That's the uh, chief investment offer for trend uh, macro analytics. 
Um, I don't see how the blue wall could resist this economy. It's uh, pretty amazing. I mean, if you look at that standard that has been, generally speaking, right for a long time. I mean, yeah. this again, Carville was the guy who kind of came up with this uh, theory as a, when it comes from a consultant to say, you don't have to worry about the other stuff. It's the economy stupid. And the reason, if you remember this election, George Bush was a year away from a 80% approval rating mm-hmm. and lost mm-hmm. because the, the country went into... What was, uh, by all uh, appearances and and history, now we we know for sure it was a minor recession that was actually over before the election. The, it was over before the election, but because there was a minor recession going on, uh, he was in the middle of had just finished off a successful uh, war. Things were going really well, and pretty much every other aspect of 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 politics with the exception of a recession in the economy, and that cost him the election. I mean, along with other factors, certainly, you know, the Perot factor was there, and, and it was a complicated election. But the bottom line was, if you focused on the economy and you were able to keep that positive, the same thing was kind of proved out in 96 when, you know, Clinton's presidency was not going all that smoothly, mm-hmm. but the, you know, the economy was going okay. And again, he won. Here's here's what concerns me is um, the president loves these tariffs. He just loves them. He does. It's, he really does believe that they're correct. The right policy. Uh, and uh, these tariffs are hurting the people that are unheard. Remember, we were talking about the, the, the movie Brexit and I played that audio uh, where people are like, I'm sick of it. There's a couple of things. The reason why he won is because he tapped into and he instinctively um, heard the the things that people were saying that everybody else missed. He he tapped into those people who are like, I'm I'm losing control of my life. Now, some of those people, a lot of those people were farmers. And those farmers and those people who are being hurt by these trade uh, deals, I mean, bankruptcies for farms, is it an all-time high? Yeah, I think it is an all-time high. It's close to an all-time high. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it might have been beaten by the, the Depression, but it's, it's up there. Uh, and nobody's reporting on that because nobody in the media lives around farmers, and so they don't care. But he's got to take care of those farmers, and a government subsidy is not the way to do it. Farmers don't want the handout. Now, maybe the big farm, you know, the the corporate farms don't mind that. But the farmers I know don't want a handout. They just want somebody to lift the boot off their neck. They want to do it. That's why they're there. Uh, and I think the president, he's, he, if, if. He gets the trade deal done with China because I I want to give him the benefit of the doubt uh, that he has good people around him. I I know he loves trade deals, uh, not trade deals, trade tariffs. Uh, sure. He loves them. He, he ran on that and was yeah. very clear about it in He's the campaign and, always has, and has been very consistent on that. Right. Um, but the people around him know they don't work. Now, he has said... I'm doing this so I can get a better deal from China. Okay. That's good. People like Larry Kudlow, for example. Right. right. Now, if that's true, when you get the deal, take this tariff away. 
If you take this tariff away, you are going to flood money back into the system and you'll be able to juice the economy again. And you'll see even better results than what we're seeing right now, because we have a good economy right now. It's but it's fragile. It's very fragile. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be, you know, this is obviously high risk and it's probably not what's happening. But if you want to be cynical about it, if if the economy is fumbling at all as we approach the election, this is a major bullet in the chamber um, for Trump to utilize. Because he if he were to free the economy, let's say a month before the election or two months before the election, excuse me, it probably would make. The economy, even if it's just for a short term sugar burst, mm-hmm. the economy would go crazy when they thought this was over. If and, he could signal that at the yes. right time, it would yes. it would really increase yes. his chances of being reelected. If he did it any time this year or in the second quarter of 2020, if he did it in spring of next year, it would give a sugar burst. Uh, I think it has to be a little earlier than Maybe. two months, but... Uh, maybe as late as uh, spring of next year, he could get away with taking that foot off that brake and putting it on the gas, and it will help. Because I think there are people that are willing to uh, do what they have to do. I mean, uh, what was it? Bill Maher said, you know, I well, let's let's pray for a recession. Yeah, I mean, there are those who will do bad things. Uh, I like the president to know he has a bullet in his in his gun and he all he needs to do is just pull the trigger and stop with the trade war. And it could ensure his presidency for another four years. A lot of crazy things happening with uh, guns. Matt Kibbe is coming in. We're going to talk a little bit about New Zealand and 3D gun printing when we come up in one minute. Um, now, let me talk to you about Relief Factor. Relief Factor is uh, is truly great because you can get out of pain. I don't care what kind of pain you have, neck pain, back pain, uh, leg pain, an injury from sports. 60% of people who have pain think they're going to have to live the rest of their life with that. And it may be true for some, but it doesn't have to be true for you. Get out of pain or at least dramatically reduce your pain with Relief Factor. Try it. I've been taking it for over a year now, and it's made a huge difference in my life. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Or go to relieffactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Matt Kibbe is uh, joining us. Uh, Matt uh, does a podcast uh, on the uh, on the Blaze uh, Network and Blaze Media, and you you need to watch it. And he's doing something different. He is really targeting those uh, libertarians and especially the youth that are not into the GOP. You know, they're not necessarily listening to you know Mark Levin or Glenn Beck. They're coming at it from a different place and. And Matt has put together a great coalition, actually globally, uh, of people who are thinking about freedom uh, in the way a millennial does. So it's well worth your time to check out uh, Matt Kibbe's uh, podcast. Matt, we uh, we saw last night New Zealand uh, just banned everything, uh, went farther than anybody has ever talked about in New Zealand, and they're celebrating today. Did yeah. they not just 
make this crazy shooter the king of New Zealand? He he now owns their their fears, right? Right. And and they they're they're seizing guns that were legally purchased and owned by by citizens of New Zealand and they just did it in a, in a panic overnight and and you hope something like that could never happen in America and and you get into all of these definitions, you know, they they say they're targeting military style assault weapons, which is not a thing. It's not. It's not a thing, but and and so there'll be an arbitrary line where they decide is is that gun still legal? Is that gun not? They don't know. All they know is that people have to turn in their guns. You know what's amazing to me is uh, Hannah, my uh, second oldest daughter. Um, uh, I took her shooting. Now she's never gone shooting, but we had a family scare that kind of put the fear of Jesus in all of us. So we went out to the shooting range, and she finally said, "I'll I'll carry a gun, Dad." And uh, I'll learn how to shoot. She came down. Now she's been with us for, I mean, forever, but she's always avoided guns. She, you know, bought into the, uh, the fear of them. Uh, and so we're at the shooting range and she says, so dad, what's the difference between that rifle and that one? And I said, what do you mean by that one? She said, that one, I mean, that looks scary. And I said, because it's painted black. They're the same. Yeah. They're yeah. the same. Yeah, and there is a cultural divide, and I think it's I think it's grown starker. And you know, we talk about red versus blue, but there there is a different culture of people who grew up with guns, are taught how to use guns, are are comfortable around guns, and protect their families with guns. Versus mm-hmm. people primarily that live in cities are just afraid of them. They've never touched one, they've never seen one, they don't know what it is. And so when political demagogues show up and say this is how we're going to empower terrorists to kill all of us, as mm-hmm. Chuck Schumer just said about 3D-printed guns, uh, and, and you don't know any better, that's, that's a problem. So, so part, of, part of what I learned the hard way, I, I had a very similar experience when I worked on Capitol Hill. I worked for a member of Congress. He was inclined to be a liberty guy, but he'd never been around guns, and we were debating assault weapons bans. And I, I used all the Second Amendment arguments. I used the philosophical arguments, the libertarian arguments about the right to defend yourself. Uh, deaf ears. He didn't understand what I was saying. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, let's go shoot some of these things. And we asked the guy at the FBI range, like, so we're going to ban these ones and we're not going to ban these ones. And he said the same thing. That one's painted black and it looks really scary, but it's exactly like that one with the wood stock. Mm-hmm. And, and after that, he's like, okay, I get it. So, so you got to help people actually sort of see what it is, understand what it is, and and put put your hands on it. It's right. it's an empirical thing. It's 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 also um, what we've talked about a lot. We make you were talking to him logically, right? And conservatives try to you know use facts and figures and everything else and speak logic, where the left generally tells a story and speaks from emotion. Right. And so they're telling you this good story of this scary black gun and all the scary things that it can do. And emotionally, that imprints on people. And it, it imprints it so hard that they are, it exaggerates the fear that you should have. I, I spent some time talking to my daughter about separating your fear. There is the fear of that's a black scary gun and then there's the fear of this is a deadly weapon and this is just as deadly as this one. And you should have a healthy amount of fear. If you lose your fear of what this thing can do, you should not have a gun. Yeah. You know, you should always have a healthy amount of fear of this is a deadly weapon. 
but it's the irrational fear and we don't ever approach that but getting people into the range and having them fire they experience something else fun yeah yeah so we you know we set out this uh this video that you mentioned about 3d guns it's a young guy named matt larousse he's uh one of the young voices i think you've had some of those guys Mm -hmm. on young Mm -hmm. libertarians that are very into um, explaining things on camera. And he's an interesting guy because he's actually a legal scholar at the Cato Institute. Wow. But before that, he was a machinist. And hmm. he, he was he's a gun enthusiast, and he's reconstructing all of these old, like, World War I rifles that don't exist anymore. And, it, and he's kind of a hobbyist about it. So he understands the law. He understands the technology of 3D printing. And we just had him sort of show people this is what this actually is. So when some senator um, says something ridiculous about ghost guns and how we're going to be empowering terrorists by allowing 3D printers, 3D printers where you can, you know, you can you can actually em- empower uh, kids that need prosthetic limbs with 3D printers. Mm-hmm. These are good things. This is technology, and everybody wants to control it in Washington. And you could you could make the philosophical arguments. This violates the First Amendment. This violates the Second Amendment. Or you could just show people the ridiculousness of, of the idea that you could build a ghost gun. It's not a thing. It's a Why mythology. is it not a thing? Because um, by ghost, they're talking about something. You know, in your mind, you're thinking that's a totally plastic uh, mm-hmm. assault rifle, right? Yeah, that won't work. And it doesn't work. It explodes. Right. And You'll the person kill yourself. shoots Congratulations. it is the one that dies. Yeah. And so everybody has this 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 vision of people sneaking these guns on airplanes or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's just not a thing. Mm. I'm fascinated to see this reaction too on 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 the emotion because the, the emotion can be helpful to to convey a message. You guys have talked about that a lot. Yeah. But you see in New Zealand where you know emotion makes a lot of bad decisions and it forces you into bad decisions. With with this ban, I mean, if you think about this. Because it's being praised by the media and the left and people all over the world as, look, they, they know how to do it right. Right. They had this incident and they took action, period. They took action based on that incident. I mean, you could make the same argument uh, that if there is a, a terrorist attack by a Muslim, that that's the great reason to go round up Muslims all across the country. Because exactly we right. don't know. Of course, yes, we're going to be taking a lot of law-abiding Muslims off the streets, too. Look, yes, I understand that. But, look, this just happened, and we have to act. That's a terrible approach this and is, should be recognized. Well, that's where the Patriot Act came from. Hmm? Yes. We acted out of emotion instead yes. of reason. Yes. And that's where the Constitution should kick in and say, yeah. uh-uh, that's what you can't for. do that. Yeah. That's It was hmm. meant to slow you down or to stop you. From doing things because you had an irrational amount or even a rational amount of fear mm-hmm. that would make you sell your liberty or someone else's liberty because of your fear. You know, Terry and I um, uh, reacted out of emotion a couple of years ago and finally learned and how to shoot pistols. And we bought pistols in the District of Columbia, which is a is a not an easy thing to do. <laughs> no. But it wasn't, I mean, I, I've always understood the importance of, of our right to bear arms, but I'm not a gun guy. Yeah. But I watched, um, you know, the, the emotional trigger for me was watching the, the shooting in Paris that the Eagles of Death Metal and their audience was gunned down by, by terrorists. And I go to a lot of concerts and I'm like, you know what? I live right by the Capitol. I better do something. I better be prepared to defend my family if I have to. And, and there's, there's almost that, that safety security sense, the same reason that people react against 
guns. We 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 react saying, you know what? The the police aren't going to help me. The government's mm-hmm. not going to help me. They can't possibly keep us all safe. I got to do it myself. And it's amazing because you learn that time and time again, and yet the media never covers it uh, when you have uh, a disaster uh, like Katrina, where help cannot come. And yeah. it's not there. You have 72 hours before it completely breaks down. And what did the government do? Went in and took guns. And you say the media doesn't cover it, but that's why Matt Kibbe has a podcast. That's exactly That's right. why it exists. With with fantastic guests like Glenn Beck, right? Thomas Massey's been on already. That is that is an amazing plug. And, <laughs> and I fully endorse everything everything that you just said. Where yeah. do people go to get it? They can get it uh, anywhere podcast. You can get it anywhere. Blaze TV, mm-hmm. uh, YouTube, uh, anywhere you download a podcast. And, 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 and we'll talk about guns and we'll talk about it from a perspective that, that about safety. And, and we're going to talk about all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah. Matt Kibbe, grab the Matt P- P- uh, Kibbe podcast. Matt, thank you for stopping by. Back in a minute. You're listening to Glenn Beck. This came out about five years ago, but this is the brand new one. Goldline just released the 2019 version of the legal tender bar, which has 10 individual one tenth ounce, 99.9% pure gold. Uh, they're legal tender bars is what they call it. And it's in a barter case, which is so much nicer. This you can open. It's made to fit in your wallet or a purse or, you know, whatever. So whenever you're traveling, you have something in case of catastrophic uh, breakdown. And in even if you're not traveling in catastrophic breakdown, gold is going to be worth so much money. You will be able to use this in the right amount because it's a tenth of an ounce. You can get them right now. If you are somebody who wants to prepare for what is coming, gold is a great place to start. Find out if it's right for you. one gold line one gold line Do it now. 866-GOLDLINE. You can get Matt Kibbe's podcast along with uh, ours, the news and why it matters that we're on every day, Stephen Crowder, Mark Levin, all at blazetv.com slash Glenn. We just uh, talked about the crazy action that was uh, taken in New Zealand that, of course, the press is heralding where they're taking away guns that were legally purchased uh, in New Zealand because of the shooting. They have just made that shooter the king of uh, New Zealand uh, and made New Zealand much, much uh, more dangerous, in my opinion. Um, It's a good thing we have the Second Amendment. However, uh, there are people that are chipping away at the Second Amendment every step of the way. And anyone who tells you that they are not looking to take away your gun, they most likely are a liar. Um, and that is evidenced by New Zealand. They never have said they were wanted to take away guns. But once there was an emergency, oh, they are going way past anything they ever said was even possible. But now it seems reasonable because everybody is afraid. Well, there is uh, something that has happened uh, in Washington state uh, that I believe is unconstitutional, along with others. Uh, it was uh, voted on in November uh, of last year and it was initiative 1639 and it was a vo- it was approved by voters in washington state and the deal is is that you have to have more restrictive uh 
gun laws. Uh, you can't buy a, a gun if you're or a rifle with, if you're 21, uh, unless you're 21. Anybody under the age of 21 cannot purchase. You have to have an enhanced background check, which goes into medical records now, which is also a violation. Uh, and you have to always have that gun locked up. Uh, and, you know, as I was taught growing up, you know, in Washington State by my uncle in Puyallup and my grandfather who had guns loaded, an unloaded gun does nothing to protect you. Uh, the the problem is the sheriffs are starting to say we're not going to enforce this. And the sheriffs are now in trouble with the state. And we have Bob Songer. He is a, uh, a sheriff of uh, Klickitat County in uh, Washington State. Bob, welcome to the program. Thank you, uh, Glenn. And, you know, you're spot on with your opening remarks here. Um, <clears throat> Bob, you are you're one of the sheriffs and there's a lot of you around Washington state that are saying, I'm not going to enforce this. What does that mean? Well, first of all, let me say that uh, I'm a constitutional sheriff. The rule of law is the Constitution, U.S. and Washington State Constitution. So based on that, <clears throat> I believe it violates the citizens that I serve, their, their Second Amendment, Fourth Amendment, and probably several other amendments of the Constitution. And uh, it's a ridiculous thing. And and be honest with you, Glenn, Bob Ferguson, our Attorney General, and uh, Governor Inslee, uh, this is a political move on their part. Uh, Ferguson wants to be governor, and of course, um, our governor has already announced he wants to be president, which would be a disaster. But in any event, <laughs> in any event, they're violating uh, good, honest citizens' rights. And I've been in this business 48 years in law enforcement, and this 1639 or any of these other anti-gun laws will do nothing to make a safer community. Nothing. That's why crooks are crooks. They don't pay any attention to laws. Uh, and so what they're doing is making it more restrictive and criminalizing honest citizens for possessing certain firearms. And it's ridiculous. And also criminalizing those who just served in the military uh, and were given a rifle by the military. And they were they were OK for the use of a gun, but not when they come home. They can't have a gun. Isn't that ridiculous? We put our young people on battlefields over overseas, and they come back, some of them missing limbs, some of them shot up, and the, the lucky ones that come back that haven't been injured, they go down to buy a, a semi-automatic rifle, which, by the way, they're calling all semi-automatics assault weapons, which mm-hmm. is just ridiculous. It's modern sporting but, rifle. Exactly. So they go down to buy a, a gun for whatever reason, because they have a constitutional right to that firearm. And uh, they're told, no, you can't have it, regardless whether you served our country or not. And and yet the same people who have this, uh, you know, uh, 21 year uh, age limit on buying guns want to give you the power of the vote at 16. But that's a different story. So um, the your attorney general in the state says that you guys, by not enacting uh, this and, and by not enforcing this, you are in violation and the sheriffs work for the governor. And <laughs> I'm sorry, Glenn. I'm sorry. So no. you you disagree with the sheriff's work for the governor? The governor or the attorney general is not my boss. The only boss I have under the Constitution is the people that elected me to office in our county. 
that's it. Commissioner's not my boss. Um, so, I mean, they would probably love to have that position where they could uh, rein me in, but no, that's not going to happen. And I think uh, Ferguson and them, uh, they're pushing this for political reasons. And I might add, the only reason this passed in the state is because they blew a bunch of smoke at the far left in King County, Snohomish, Tacoma, the heavy populated areas of the state, and uh, and was able to squeak it by. Uh, they, they wanted... Of all the voters, I think there was like a turnout of 30% of the voters in the state. Uh, of that, of course, they, uh, I think they got close to a 60% uh, vote on it. But uh, most counties <clears throat> on the east side of the state voted it down, the majority of them. Uh, this is another reason uh, in a microcosm uh, of why we have the Electoral College for the presidency. Western Washington is very different than Eastern Washington. Most people think, oh, it rains all the time in Washington, not on the east side of the mountains. It's it's no. it's a desert in parts of Washington. Uh, it is it's remarkably different uh, state and different mentalities. Um, yeah. So uh, what are you as a sheriff and the other sheriffs that are with you? What are you going to do? Because they said they are coming after you. Well, then they need to do that. I will not back down from Ferguson or Inslee, her governor. They are not my boss. I serve the citizens of my county, and I believe I am serving their their constitutional rights to prevent that from being violated. So if they want to come into our county, then they need to do that. And And I think the governor said, well, we'll have the state patrol. Uh, no, they don't want to go down that route. And uh, uh, let me say one thing up front. I will not take arms against fellow law enforcement officers. Will not. But I also will not allow the state to come in here and start pushing us around in this county. It's not going to happen. Um, the other thing, uh, if I could, uh, Glenn, uh, here's what bothers me, is the health records that when you, they do that enhanced background check, you sign a waiver, basically, giving up your health records uh, which I believe is coercion. In order for you to get the gun, you have to sign this. Mm-hmm. In order for you to get the gun that you're entitled to, God-given right under the Second Amendment, you have to sign this waiver. Now, I don't have any problem at all, and I would even support if somebody's been committed to a mental institution or under psychiatric care for violent-type behavior, then yes, only that, only that would be released. Uh, so that uh, they could be checked in a background. But they don't have any reason to have your complete health records mm-hmm. to know what what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and unfortunately, under that 1639, Glenn, they don't even show who makes that decision. I don't know if it's some clerk at DOL, Department of License, that makes that decision, or whether it's a board of psychiatrists. Or, you know, it it's just vague. And I think that violates your Fourth Amendment right when they coerce you into signing that form in order to get a gun. Mandatory training, the same thing. I'm a big one for training. I'm a big one for safety. But it should not be government mandating you have to have that before you can have your rights uh, having a gun. And it's just ridiculous. One of the things I'd like to read real quick is fairly short. The NIF, uh, under the 1639, the initiative would make government employees 
or any contractor or private agency working for the government immune from lawsuits for failing to recognize the rights of a person to legally buy or possess a firearm. Including, oh, my gosh. Yeah, including unlawful denial of a concealed weapons permit. Under this initiative, under the initiative, citizens could not sue if their civil rights are violated. Oh, my gosh. Unreal. Unreal. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Bob, stay strong. Let us know how we can uh, help the sheriffs up in Washington State. We uh, appreciate you standing for the Constitution, sir. Thank you, Glenn. I appreciate your support. You bet. Bye-bye. You'd feel really confident uh, that someone like that was actually guarding the Constitution if you lived in that county. I will tell you, this is what we talked about. Remember how many years ago did we say, you've got to support your local sheriffs. Get to know your local sheriff. Because constitutionally, they don't report to anybody. They don't. They report directly to the voter, and they are your last line of defense for the um, uh, for the Constitution. So the most important vote you can cast in your lifetime, uh, when things start to get scary, is your sheriff because he's the last line of defense for the Constitution. And think about it simultaneously. You have a bill that includes a, a piece that will not let you sue if they violate your Second Amendment rights. At the or si- civil rights. Or civil rights. Civil rights. At the same time, they're now saying you can sue gun manufacturers if someone uses a gun in, in a crime. Right. And they can sue you, and you will be held responsible if somebody steals your gun <laughs> and uses it in a crime— you are held responsible for that crime as well. That's in this, this new law. In, Unreal. I mean, you want to talk about oppressive. That is the beginnings of a totalitarian state. Can't sue if they violate my civil rights? Holy cow. All right. I want to thank you for supporting uh, this program and, uh, and ordering Field of Greens to make the choice to live a healthier life. Thanks to you, they have over a thousand five-star reviews now. Uh, I want you to try it and honestly review it. Brickhouse Nutrition wants to thank you by offering a Field of Greens for 25% off plus free shipping. Now, take advantage of this right now. The offer is only available this week. Eating healthy has never been fun when dogs won't eat a salad that should tell you something (laughs) okay not that they also don't brush their teeth and they eat their own poop but uh they don't find it enjoyable either field of greens is made with real usda organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity by using antioxidants prebiotics probiotics and all you have to do is add it to a cup of water just one scoop you stir it in and you're done 25% 25% off plus free shipping. Use the promo code back. This sale ends Friday the 22nd, so don't wait. That's tomorrow. BrickHouseGlen.com, promo code Glenn. BrickHouseGlen.com, promo code Glenn. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. So glad that you're uh, here. I'm just reading uh, this story about uh, from Time Magazine about uh, Casio Cortez, and it looks like it's verifying a lot of the stuff that uh, 
that blogger um, Mr. Reagan uh, put out. Yeah, it kind of came out this morning, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to reading. Yeah. It's, uh, it's fairly long. Uh, mm-hmm. Ocasio-Cortez is very upset, by the way, today, because apparently people on Fox are calling her Cortez, which is, uh, she says, uh, she says, my name is, Fox News like to say, likes to say my name incorrectly as Cortez. My last name is not Cortez, just as theirs isn't Ingra or Carl or Han which I, I'm ha- happy to get the clarification from oh the woman gosh. best known as a three-letter abbreviation. Right. Because uh, it's really <laughs> critical. Uh, I mean, she, there is never an ending to the amount of ways she is victimized on a daily basis. No. Every story is about how she's a victim. She's always she's now victimized by people only saying part of her name. My name's not Stu. I've had to deal with it for a long freaking time. Get over it. Okay, I have to come on national radio and television every day and be called Stu because of you and your incompetence when it comes to hearing and no, understanding of the their drunk, English language. Because of a drunk uh, uh, person at a party uh, at a at a uh, at a club, um, they were drunk. They introduced you. Uh, mm. They slurred, and it was very loud. And I heard Stu. And what does a normal person? Let me let me ask. This is a very let shady. Me ask, story let me ask. And not let me ask Marissa. Uh, if, if, uh, somebody introduced you and, and they, they said, ah, here's my, and you said, (laughs) and then that person looked at you and said, oh, Marilyn, nice, nice to meet you. What would you say? I would probably stick with that. I go by Melissa quite a bit. Okay. (laughs) So I understand. Okay. She's agreeing with me. So you would just go along with it. Yeah. You would. I would, because it's awkward, it's loud. All right, so how, how long would it take you to correct them? You saw them every day. I mean, you get to a point where it's just awkward, you know, so mm-hmm. you just stick you stick with it. And oh, you realize gotta you stick are such a shill. Thank you. You are such Thank a you. shill. Thank you, Marissa. His name is Steve. Or Melissa, whatever your name is. <laughs> His name is Steve. I heard, and I said, hey, Stu. I was not drunk. Why are you? No, not you. I heard it from Vinny. Oh, from Vinny. That's how he said it. And uh, a friend of ours introduced uh, introduced him to me, and uh, I heard Stu, and so I called him Stu. And for months, months, he didn't correct me. Months. If I corrected you every time you were wrong, we'd never get through one show. It's be all I'd be doing I, is correcting I don't you know constantly. Why I, I don't know why I tolerated oh. this as an intern when you're an intern. <laughs> why I promoted you? Why I've dragged you along this whole time? Neither is I haven't corrected that one either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say I think this is a, a large ploy because now we're at, out of time. You oh. not get to your story that you referred to yesterday about Beto and Beto, who said he said he put I, I, he didn't exactly say it but he was a story told by multiple witnesses that he put human poop from his baby into a bowl and told his wife it was avocado oh that is so disgusting so disgusting would you had a story you said was similar and we're all out of time and we're well, all out i know of time. but you've been filibustering well, this entire well program. you'll have to wait until maybe tomorrow <laughs> maybe tomorrow to hear that fantastic story i do have to say also which one is weirder uh, the beto story of the avocado poop or Hickenlooper taking his mother to deep throat. <laughs>